1: Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. Today, Denise and I are going to be discussing the huge, difficult concept of unconditional love, how to practice it in your life with your relationships, but most importantly, how to Love Yourself Unconditionally. So that's easy.
0: We can tackle that in 45 minutes, right, Denise? <laughs> piece of cake. Absolute piece of cake. And I think part of the the reason we wanted to do this is, yes, February is a, is the romantic holidays and self-love is such a big topic topic right now. But also it's a great way for us to look at, are we coming in our own relationships, whether it's with a romantic partner, family, friends from a place? Are we putting conditions on things that we might need to be aware of? Or are we in a situation where people are putting conditions on us? Ooh, yeah,
1: that's a big one, isn't it? It is. The whole concept of unconditional love is so huge. And you know, so my daughters were home from college this weekend. And they were like, what's your week look like, mom? And I was like, well, I've got to record a couple of shows. And I need to do the research for them. I I was like, one is on unconditional love. And I I don't really know where to start with that. It's such a big concept. So my daughter goes, chat GPT. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever used that? I haven't. I haven't either. So she's like, oh my gosh, let's put it in. So we we put it into chat GPT. and Do you want to hear what AI says unconditional love is? I would love to, Yeah. Okay, they said, It's a limitless form of affection that transcends any judgments and restrictions. Limitless form of affection. It's a type of love that is not contingent upon external factors, such as behavior, achievements, what you look like or do for a living, how much money you make, or any of your past mistakes. Unconditional love is characterized by acceptance, understanding, and an unwavering commitment to supporting and caring for someone regardless of their flaws, mistakes or imperfections. Wow that's pretty big yeah. and and so uh Chad GPT like literally produced a five paragraph essay for me on this. so I guess mainly it's high school kids using this, I don't know. Mm-hmm. but they were saying they in the um, essay that AI gave me it kept saying that this is a an ideal rather than a reality. And I do think that's an important distinction because, oh, and the other thing it said is typically you'll find unconditional love in relationships such as between a parent and a child. Right. I I do think that's true. There's nothing, for me anyway, there's nothing my child could do that would make me go, eh, I
0: think I love you a little less now. (laughs) I just can't, can't even picture that, you know? Well, and I think another aspect of, of coming from a place of unconditional love or being able to receive that is it's not how it will benefit you or what you'll get in return. Oh, love is not transactional. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you're right, the the love we feel for our children. And that's what I've, I've said to them, to my own children who are grown for many, for their entire lives are and maybe it's the special in me, you know, I'm, I may not love your behavior, but I'll always love you. Or, you know, no matter if you suddenly came and you said, this is who I really am, and I'm changing my lifestyle, or I'm, I'm choosing this person to love or whatever. And I've said to them, it wouldn't change who you are. It wouldn't change how much I care about, you know, just, you're still the same person.
1: Exactly. I think it gets tricky though, when you're dealing with, like, let's say if you're dealing with someone who has very overt flaws, I think yes. unconditional love gets hard. Like let's say you're dealing with someone who has an addiction and it mm-hmm. changes their personality or their response or whatever. That's hard. You know, you can, it's hard to separate the person from the behavior in those situations Um you know, take, for example, my contentious relationship I had with my mom. I loved her. I love her still always. But there were times when I had to remove myself from her anger. So that to me is putting conditions because I would, what's the difference between a condition and a boundary, I guess is what I'm trying to say.
0: Right. And when you get into those levels of you know, feeling like you have to defend yourself or there's passive aggressive or there's, you know, high levels of manipulation or all of those things that are on the more conditional side of the fence. I think you just made a really, really good point of how do we, how do we come from a place of unconditional love if it hasn't been modeled for us or it's not what we've received in those formative years?
1: Exactly. And I think that's something that we have to then take upon ourselves to learn. And that's not easy. That is but, not
0: easy. But don't you think a lot of people that are highly empathic do have more of a propensity to, to come from a place of unconditional love in the sense of overlooking negative sides or being willing to sacrifice or being attentive and attuned, even if you know, you're trying to set some limits and boundaries?
1: Yes. I think that empaths tend to have a very high EQ. And so we have very big open hearts. Uh, we tend to be pretty forgiving, which is lovely, but also sometimes I think to our detriment. Yes. Which is why I think it's so important for empaths to learn to love themselves first. That's why I love that book and that and the title of the book, Sacred Selfishness by Dr. Bud Harris, and where he talks about how you have to look at loving yourself as a requirement, not as something that's selfish.
0: Well, and that goes back to the what you mentioned if someone is battling addiction and their or has addictive behaviors or is making choices in their life that aren't really lovable traits, that you eat, there's that we've said this in many, many episodes. there's that fine line between am I empowering, am I enabling? Is this codependent or is this actually coming from a place of of true love? And and that's another whole rabbit hole that we don't need to go into right now with this topic. But I I think that that was a really, really important point that you brought up as far as when someone that you love may be exhibiting traits that are less than lovable. Yeah.
1: What is your motivation for showing up for them? Is it guilt? Is it codependence? Is it, well, that's just what you do. It's family. Right. Or is it, I genuinely love this person and want to do everything I can for them? And, and sometimes if, I think it's more loving to not do everything you can for them,
0: you know? Right. And often if someone is coming in with those characteristics or behavior traits or personality, whatever we want to call it, they're, they've become good at things that may be perceived as more of a conditional contingencies of a relationship. So even if you're coming from it as an empathic, as a, as an open hearted person from a place of unconditional, but you're you're receiving conditional because of someone else's choices and behaviors, that's a lot to deal with. That, yeah, that's that's almost getting your ticket punched on the crazy train. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is. And that's why I think it's,
1: it's so important to really examine your motivations for what you're doing in in a loving situation, what you're not doing, what you're accepting uh, and what you are offering and what's being offered to you in return, not in a transactional way. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to constantly take stock of, of the love in your life. You know, uh, one of, one of my favorite expressions is an apology without change is Ooh. not an apology.
0: Oh that's good.
1: Right? It's so true. true. I was trying to explain that to uh my daughter's we were talking about a relation we know another relationship that's going down the tubes and I said well you know I think that that one partner kept apologizing and kept doing it and that's that's not change. And I remember I had a I had a priest when I was in school and, and he explained to me that if you do something that you know is wrong and you are really, really sorry, you're forgiven. But if you do something and you know it's wrong and you keep doing it, he said, that's what becomes a grievous sin, I think is what he called it. Mm-hmm. That becomes harder to forgive. So I don't want to bring religion into it because that's a whole nother whatever. But I just, I always remembered that. Like if you screw up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, why did I do that? And then you never do it again. That's growth, that's learning, that's healing. But if you mess up and then you're like, oops, I did it again. Right. I did it again. Are you really growing? Are you really healing? And does the other, do the other people in your life have to accept that just because they love you
0: unconditionally? Exactly. That's a really, really good point. Yeah. Wow. And I think that comes back to, we don't always give ourselves credit that you, we, and this is something that I don't know, maybe with age comes wisdom or the hope for it, but with with some of the choices you might've made in a romantic relationship or a relationship in your earlier life, you look back on that, like, what was I thinking? but you were that much younger and didn't have the life experience. So what you just shared of if, if that has become a repetitive pattern in your life, then you have to stop and look in the mirror and say, what is it in me that I keep bringing this in? Yes, exactly.
1: What, what hole, what void in me is, is magnetically attracting this not so great thing to fill that. And how can I fix that inside of myself?
0: Right. And again, it comes back to self love. It does, and what that looks like for you, and and I I think that that is an not an overused term,s but it can be kind of vague with what what self love for you would be very different than for me. But it is always coming from a place of Are you treating yourself with the same kindness, compassion, and understanding that you would give someone that you feel unconditional love for? Mm. That's
1: And that's, that's a hard one because I think for a lot of people, the answer would be no. Right. But you can know, I think by your instinctive reactions, like, have you ever been in a relationship with someone and you really think you love that person? And then you're like, are you, are you going to wear that? Or I don't know the way they chew their food annoys you or a certain jokes they tell you're like, Ew. and then if you've ever been in a relationship with someone that you just automatically know you love and nothing they do bothers you. Oh, it's so cute the way you chew. Oh, I love the, I love that you wear that every time we're going to a fancy dinner. Do you ever, do you ever see those contrast in different relationships you've been in in your life?
0: Yes, very much so. Or being on the receiving end of that and how it feels so oh, when, sure. when you're, being scrutinized or you're being a sensitive person, being an empath and things can be unsaid, but you can, you can feel it. You can, and it, and it wears you down. I think like water wearing away a stone. Oh, Oh, good way to put it. Yeah. You know, some of the, the typical red flags, if it's coming, if love is coming from a conditional place, especially in a romantic relationship and what you just, you made a really good point just then Samantha in that, at the initial parts of relationships, you don't see all those things that it it's everything's rose petals and yummy and rainbows and oh my goodness. It's different, but with time as they're the the next level of a deeper love, some if those red flags start to emerge when you come out of the haze, I think that's when it's really start time to start playing paying attention, don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. A hundred percent. We talk to a lot of folks and and get a lot of, you know, emails and and messages from people that of things that are happening in their relationships. And some of the, the signs of love coming more conditionally might be if someone's very passive aggressive. It can be if someone is suddenly indifferent or if expectations aren't met like, oh, well, it's not that big a deal. What are you so upset about it for? if you're finding yourself in constantly having to be in a people-pleasing behavior or or tendency high levels of manipulation is another one jealousy scorekeeping constant feelings of needing to perform or achieve for validation and i we were talking earlier about the the pressure put on some kids in situations and to to achieve to be the best to be this and and that can be motivating but it can also leave that feeling of, am I enough? And
1: who do you need to be enough for? Right. I think that's important as well. Is it your romantic partner or is it an issue with one of your parents or is it, you know, a deep wound within yourself where you don't ever feel enough? And I think that's, you've got to constantly do those check-ins and evaluations with yourself because if you don't love yourself, well, how is anyone else going to love you?
0: That's picture perfect because control or fear of abandonment, you know, if you're afraid of losing something that's valuable to you and you try to control a relationship and there's no freedom for someone to be themselves. I always use the example of a a healthy relationship as a Venn diagram where people keep their individuality and autonomy, but they have that shared middle. Mm -hmm. But if it, if you start to blend those circles too close together, and there's such an overlap that one or both partners lose themselves, that for me feels like it's coming from a more place of conditional love or control. And that can be a precursor to, you know, things, things not being really balanced. (laughs) That's putting it gently. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm trying. I'm really trying. (laughs) Yeah, I think that
1: when when we can learn to embrace our imperfections and embrace our beautiful sides too, because I think with uh, with empaths in particular, I think we're very good at seeing the beautiful things in other people, and we're not so good at seeing it in ourselves. You know, just like I was saying to you before we hit record, how I think it's so important for empaths to learn to pat themselves on the back a little bit more and be like, "Look at me, you go, I did that all on my own." It's yes. okay to do that, and the more we can do that, the more we're going to be able to stand up for ourselves and and our loved ones in life. That I I think I've said this on the on this show before. But one of my friends, her her mom had a lot of insecurity issues and kept attracting not so great men. She'd been divorced for years. And so she finally went to a therapist and he was like, you have no boundaries. And she was like, yes, I do. And, and he said, stand up. I want you to stand up. So she did. And he kept telling her like what was wrong with her, with her lack of boundaries. And as he did, he's walking closer to her and she's like no no i do i do and she's kind of getting uncomfortable and finally he's so close that their noses are touching and he steps on her toe mm-hmm. and that's when she pushed him away and he said that's what it took for you to set a boundary he said the minute i stood up and asked you to stand up you were uncomfortable but you took it and as i you know kept walking towards you you were uncomfortable but you took it and that that visual of that interaction she described between her mom and the therapist has just always stayed with me because metaphorically how much crap and nervous and uncomfortable shit are we taking in our own lives in in the quest to be seen as kind or loving or generous or
0: whatever that disrespect of boundaries can be a huge huge sign that that someone is coming from a place of uh, there being conditions on how they love you or how they care for you. And if you feel like your desires or your wishes are more important than someone else's feelings, or you're on the receiving end of that, that's leaning more in that, that there are strong conditions in place and establishing boundaries with yourself and learning to set those healthy boundaries are going to allow you to step more into a place where unconditional love can be, that you're ready to receive unconditional love, but also ready to give it. Oh, also ready to give it. That's a good one, Denise.
1: (laughs) 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 But so often we're, you know, we think about uh, ourselves in terms of the love we're receiving, but are you loving unconditionally? I think that's really important, not only of yourself, but of other people in your life. Um, I've said this before many times on the show too, but I'll repeat it for new listeners I asked my dad what I was like in middle school, we were, I was taking a religion class and we were learning about unconditional love. And I remember my teacher was like, God loves you unconditionally. And I, at the dinner table, I was like, you know, what is that? Like, do you, like, do you guys love me unconditionally? Like, what if I just, you know, did something really, really terrible? Would you guys still love me? And I remember my dad goes, um, yeah, I don't believe in unconditional love. And I was like, wait, what? You're my, you're my dad. And he's like, "Yeah, I know, but I he said I think we love to say it, but I don't think it's a real thing." And he goes, "I mean, you you know, take tell your religion teacher, look at the Bible. God does not love us unconditionally." He goes, "You flip through the Old Testament and even the New Testament, there's conditions placed on us every which way to Sunday." And he's kind of right. He is right. Yes that kind of messed with my head for a while and I remember he was like he was like if you did he goes, I'd visit you in prison and I was like gee thanks would you fill up my commissary too like what are we talking here <laughs> but I mean if you think about if you if you are a person of faith and and you're you're stooped and marinated and raised in this religion, there's not unconditional they say there's unconditional love there but if there were unconditional love there'd be no help.
0: Yeah, right, right. See, that's a that just can get your mind going in all different directions, can it? If, well, if, Saint
1: Saint Therese of Lisieux said, who wrote The Interior Castle, one of my all time favorite books. She said, "I believe that there is a hell, but I believe it is empty because God loves us unconditionally." Oh, see, that's the guilt mind bleep of being a Catholic, right? <laughs> There's a hell, but it's empty. He just, he's just going to hold it out there in case you do something bad. But, but at the end, he'll forgive you. So I think even our highest philosophers can't really understand unconditional self-love and love when you, when you frame it in, in contextual examples like
0: that. I also think it's really, really important to work into this conversation that it, even if you've been in situations where there have been conditions been put on how you've been loved or how you've chosen to love in your relationships with people you can always change that you can always come at it from a different perspective it doesn't mean well i'm just wired this way and this is because you know i had no safe adult when i was to trust when i was a little person so i i never learned how or i don't know how to communicate because i've always had this response yes But it also, in a weird, twisted sort of way, I think it gives you more perspective because you understand what it feels like to be on the receiving end of that, or you've learned behaviors that you know that you can change.
1: Wait, say that last part again. You've learned behaviors you know you can change.
0: Right. So if you're aware of what... So, you know, you you catch yourself and you're not communicating or you're not being open. And it's, it's more of a manipulative thing in the relationship. It's, it's evolved into that, or you're putting the responsibility of your happiness on someone else rather than, oh well, if you would just do this, then I could be happy. Or if we had this, I would be happy. Then you're putting those conditions on there. So once you're aware of the fact that you're doing that, you can change that to a place of, I'm going to choose to be happy whether you're doing that behavior or not, or whether or not you buy me that thing or take me on that trip, or I'm making that materialistic. But I think it, it kind of makes sense.
1: It's, it gets very, very tricky though. I, I had a client, oh, for years and she was in such a terrible marriage and well, no, not really. So it was really, really complicated. She was married to this guy and she described him. I never met him, but she described him as a wonderful man, a fantastic father. And from things she would share when we would meet, he he really did sound like a great father. And he was a good husband. He was very kind to her. His little flaw was that anytime he traveled, he had affairs. And oh. to me... I couldn't put up with that personally. I'd be like, nope, I don't care how good a father you are, or good provider, or good you are to me when you're home and present. Monogamy is very important to me, and and it was to her too. But she couldn't, she just couldn't let him go. She and she would always say, I love him unconditionally, and if this is, if this is the condition I have to accept, then I'm going to accept it. Wow. And it was it was weird to watch her grapple with that because sometimes she'd be super fine and happy with it, and other times she wouldn't be. And, you know, I don't think she ever really resolves that. So my point is, you can have like she trusted him to be a great father. She trusted him to be a wonderful friend to her. She trusted him to be a good provider. She trusted him to show up when she needed him. But in terms of intimacy and commitment, she couldn't trust him. So it
0: wasn't a total package. Right. But this goes back to it was working for both of them on some level. I guess so. Yeah. And so would that mean she
1: loved him unconditionally? And would that mean that I'm not capable of unconditional love? Because I got to tell you, if I were in a relationship and, and my partner was doing whatever the hell he wanted on trips, I'd be like, "Uh, here's my attorney, (laughs) sign on the dotted line.
0: But doesn't it seem like that would be something that would be established when you were developing a relationship? This is my deal breaker, because it comes back to that communication and trust. And if you say, you know, this is my non-negotiable, and I'm going to have to walk away if this is what happened.
1: Yeah, and... It could be, it could be a non-negotiable in the beginning and then kids come into the picture and she was a stay-at-home mom. I think that came into the picture because, you know, it's hard to go back into the workforce.
0: Yeah. And we're, we're not judging people's choices in any way, shape or form, because I hear that on a regular basis. Well, once the kids are grown or when I'm better off financially, or that's your own personal, personal choice and decision. And we're just, yeah, but I do think that for those of us that have deal breaker situations that we may have allowed people to step over those boundaries you have to go within and say is this something that i can live with with myself but it, it i i think some of the things that um the the big red flags like that the huge red flags would be not feeling good enough if you feel really drained of your energy If you dread seeing someone, have you ever had a friend or a situation where you cared about someone, you love them, you say, oh, you're you're a dear friend, I love you. But then the thought of actually seeing them is like, oh, God, I really don't want to have to do that today. That could be a little red flag. I've had jobs like that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, If people are only expressing love and pride in you when they're out in public and it's a different story. One of the signs I get if I'm doing an intuitive reading is that I'll see in my mind's eye the front of a house and if the shades are pulled, I know that what's perceived on the outside is very different than what happens on the inside. That would be a huge huge sign of conditional love. Oh, um, my friend and I call that the Facebook couple. Oh, oh, that's a You good know those word.
1: couples who like post about they like, constantly how much they love each other? Yes. I mean, maybe they do, you know? I don't know, but yeah, I always wonder if you have to advertise it so loud and proud. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, gaslighting and and high levels of of being judgmental are, are also some some things to to keep in mind if you feel like things are more on the conditional love versus unconditional. Those are all really really good
1: check-ins that you can do with yourself, you know, in terms of is this relationship based on unconditional love? I guess what I'm asking is what what are we talking about with the with the conditions? Right. Right. So if I when you were talking about deal breakers, if you have I have deal breakers to be in a in a friendship and a work relationship and in a personal relationship, there there are deal breakers I have, right? Does yes. that mean I don't love unconditionally or does that mean I love myself unconditionally and these
0: are you know my my boundaries? I think for many of us because we're so introspective as empaths that kind of comes with the package I think. Uh that we might be wondering well am I am I coming from how am I showing that that, that I unconditionally love this person? What are some ways that And maybe one little thing is, are you able to put your own needs to the side? Are you able to like put someone else, their happiness and well-being before yours? Not all the time, but if, so my example would be, I went to this event years ago and I had absolutely no interest, but the person I was with was so excited to go. So did I go all in and make a big deal out of it and try my best to enjoy it? And, And yes, because it was putting... I think that that's when you really love someone, you want them to be happy, not at your own expense, but sometimes you have to put your own stuff on hold a little bit.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's important. And I I think sometimes you might not understand the, there's different types of love. What is the Greek word? Agape. You know how there's, there's all different types. There's like familial love and friendship love. There's different types of love. And I think Unconditional love is like an umbrella term. And and as you grow and move in your relationships, it's the type of love is going to look different, even though it might be unconditional throughout. Yes. I don't know if that makes sense. So I'll use an example. I think Denise, you can agree that with my former husband and I, there's a lot of water under that bridge, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, shit
1: went down, And we're not like buddies. We don't talk on the phone every day, but. We still, there's still love there. And I don't mean any other kind of love except, you know, we created a family together and we have 20 years under our belts together. When he had COVID, remember, I I was over there every day helping him. Right. And just recently I had a car issue and, you know, me and cars, I don't even know, is there a spare tire in my car? I, I don't know. And, you know, he sent a, a mechanic to my house to fix it that day that looking out you know what do you know what I'm saying so it's it's a totally different type of relationship um when I have good news you know he's not the first 10th or 20th person I call anymore (laughs) but Mm if if anything you know if, if shit hits the fan I know I know he would be there for me and and vice versa I felt the same with my mom all those years when we had such a contentious relationship and and she told me like I love you with conditions and if you don't follow these conditions you're out. And she was very upfront about it which you know there's something to be said for that. But <laughs> when I <laughs> it's honest. Yeah, honest. Oh god, that was her favorite thing Denise. She she'd like cut you down and go what I'm just being honest. No one else mm. is going to tell you that your hair looks terrible like that except your mother. <laughs> <laughs> But when I needed her, she was there. And when she needed me, I was there. So is exactly. that unconditional love? Do you know what I mean? Like on a day-to-day no, basis? See, I,
0: I think that is unconditional in the sense of if you know someone has your back and that you can lean on them because you, you just brought that up beautifully of love ebbs and flows and there's good times, there's bad, all those things you were saying, but knowing that that person is going to consistently be there. And when you think back to traditional marriage vows in sickness and in health and wealth and poverty, and when all those things that they say and everyone just smiles and nods and says the words, but then when those things really come into someone's life, are you in a place of loving someone so deeply that you're, you're going to stick it out. You're going to make it work. You're going to do whatever you can humanly do to help them or to help each other get through. Right. Exactly.
1: And we need to apply that to ourselves. And one thing that, one thing I had to work on a lot in my life, because, because I wasn't raised with unconditional love. I, I remember, you know, Yes, I pray and meditate, but I got to be honest with everyone. A lot of my praying and meditating is just ranting at God, right? Like, what the hell? What, what's <laughs> and there are many times when I would say to him, especially when I had my breast cancer diagnosis, because I knew that was all about love and self love and all that crap. And I was so pissed that I had to face it with that event. And I said to him, or her, or whatever God is, I said, what the hell? Like, so I'm supposed to learn self love. It's like you handed me a book written in Chinese and said, transcribe this into English, but never taught me Chinese. Like, that's how I, that's how I felt in my twenties and thirties trying to learn self-love. It was, it felt Mm. impossible. How, how do you, how do you learn that when you weren't raised with it? And to me, it all came down to trust. I think, I think trust is at the foundation of unconditional love. And I had to learn to trust myself. And I realized I've always trusted myself throughout life. I've always had my own back. I've always shown up for myself. I've always done what I needed to do. And and that was a really good first step in learning unconditional self-love was learning I am here for myself. I do love myself. I do I do what I say I'm going to do. I walk my walk, all of that stuff. And you know, it wasn't easier overnight, but I think it started with trust.
0: And to learn to transfer that trust in whatever way works for you, to someone else, so that you can be a bit vulnerable and let someone see behind the the shield. Yes,
1: I think that's so important. Be your authentic self. Right. Be lo- vulnerable. We have a we have a friend in a uh, in book club. Oh my gosh, Denise! You know, like you. I don't know. Have you ever been in book club? No. Okay. So what you do in most book clubs that I've been in is you sit around and you talk about the book for about 30 minutes. And then you spend the next three hours complaining about your job, your relationship, your friend, your neighbor, you, right? Okay. So we'll be sitting around and, and someone will go, oh my God, my husband is driving me crazy because he's doing A, B, and C. And someone else will go, oh, my husband does that too. It's so annoying. And then we'll turn to this one girl. Oh, I don't know. He's He just never does that. He's really perfect. And then someone else in book club will go, I am having the hardest time budgeting and saving for Christmas. Like, what is going on? We have, you know, no one's gotten a raise at the company in two years. And and someone else will go, oh, I know. And then there's this bill and that bill. And we'll turn to this girl in book club and she'll go, Oh, I don't know. I just got a huge raise. And you know, my husband just got a bonus. Like always. Do you know people like that? I do, yes. <laughs> oh, so frustrating. It's like, girl, share something. Oh. So I do think a part of that is learning to just take that take that mask off, you know? Because if you don't um it's like that I wrote I wrote a poem when I was in high school that I still think is true. And and what I wrote was I've hidden behind a mask created by, by society. Today I unveiled the mask and found nothing. Oh. That's because a good I I was at high school and I was just trying so you know, how, you know when you're 16 and you're like, oh, everyone's wearing Vans. I've got to wear Vans or every, you know, you're just trying to keep up and keep along and move along and all that stuff. And I realized if I keep doing that, how am I ever going to know who I am? Right. I'm just I'm just going to be a, a band-aid collage of other people's expectations on me. Well, so I got to take that mask off.
0: You really do, and a lot of what we're talking about goes back to our last episode with dr bradley nelson and the emotion code of how those heart walls around your heart that there is work that you can do to start to lower that drawbridge to do the healing to build the trust to take care of it within yourself exactly what you've been saying to learn to love and accept yourself as is where is, so that you can start to share that level of connection with someone else. Yeah. My, maybe it's Pollyanna. I don't know, but I think if it's truly coming from a place of love that is going to grow and evolve and deepen, you already feel safe enough with someone to let them see who you really are. And hopefully they feel the same with you.
1: Well, I think if, if you're in a relationship where you feel safe, they're going to feel safe. It's going to be reciprocal by by just natural growth and communication, right Yes I yeah. remember that um it went it went around on uh, Facebook Instagram and, and whatever Twitter is now a lot a couple of years ago that professor holding up a twenty dollar bill. do you remember that example? Yes. And he he was like, how many of you want this $20 bill? And everyone raised their hand. And then he like stomped on it and poured mud on it. How many want it? Everyone raised their hand. And he just kept decimating this poor $20 bill until <laughs> the point where it was just this, you know, dirty, muddy, wrinkled piece of green paper. And he held it up and said, now how many of you want this $20 bill? And everyone raised their hand. And he said, that's that's unconditional self-love like you have to realize that no matter what you've been through or what what you've experienced or encountered or challenges you've overcome you're still worthy and i and i think that's that's such a great metaphor that he used you know
0: that that's an incredible metaphor and you really are at the place of of opening up and your heart and your energy to trying to love from a place of being unconditional You don't want to change anyone. You want to accept them as they are. So we're working on our own self-love and self-acceptance. But I hear that over and over and over that I'm going to change her. I'm going to convince her. I'm going to do this. And my, my logical mind gets in the way. And I'm thinking, well, why are you with someone that you don't like the way they are right now? And you want to change them. That doesn't make sense to me. I've never understood that.
1: I have never understood that. And you hear that a lot from women in particular. They'll be like, oh, wait, you know, wait till I get my head. Like he'll dress different. He'll go to the gym. He'll do this. He'll do that. Oh, I don't know though. Look at Jeff Bezos. Lauren Sanchez sure has <laughs> worked a number on him.
0: <laughs> Maybe you can make them change. But even then it's just superficially. How does that person feel if you're telling them, well, oh, I do, you know, oh, you'd look so much better wearing this. And I'm not saying about things that would help someone oh, maybe you should wear this color when you go to your job interview because it really holds out your eyes. Right, or or you, you seem to have more confidence when you wear this suit. Or, I mean, that's different. That's different than trying to completely remake someone like they're a piece of clay.
1: Right, exactly. But again, that comes from that void of just kind of accepting whoever stumbles into your life and just trying to make them fill that void in you. I, that's why I keep saying, I feel that it all starts with you and you've got to complete your own damn self and fill your own void before you even attempt to try to find love in your life, unconditional love in your life.
0: And maybe the really, really simplistic way of looking at all of this is, do you feel special or does someone feel special when they're with you? Because that comes back to that little kid feeling of, When you're loved fully for who you are with no restrictions, you do feel like you matter, that you're special. And I think that's really all these things that we're talking about is, is this the person I can count on? Is this the friend I can call no matter what state of mind I'm in that is going to be there for me or that I can be there for them? I really do think it's that easy.
1: I do too, but it's also hard. So I want to... And, and rare as hell. Well, no, but I just want to say, like, I'm thinking about old me, the last five years of my my marriage, if I was listening to this show, I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so like, anyone listening to this right now, who's not in the best relationship, or maybe doesn't have the most supportive friends, or since COVID has felt so isolated, they might not have any friends at all. They might be listening to this going, oh my God, I have so much work to do. So what do you recommend for that? Because to me, when I went through those moments, I did a big clean out. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did a, big clean out of, of friends and relationships and was just like, yeah, no. Once I had that aha moment, like you said, it's easy because you you can see it. You can feel it. You know it. You know it. We all know it. You know when you're not in a good relationship. You know it. Right. You might talk yourself out of it or back into it or you might make excuses or, well, they do this. That's great or what have you. But you know it. And so, yeah, that part's easy. What's not easy is doing that big cleanup. Right. That's what takes strength and that's what takes support and that's what takes faith. And I don't even mean in a higher power, although for me personally, that does help. I mean, faith in you, faith in yourself and and a reminder of how much you've, you've already gone through and done and overcome and achieved. This is why, again, like I said, in the beginning, we've got to get comfortable patting ourselves on the back. And I'll tell you in my experience, Every time I would take that first step towards my own personal freedom or my own personal journey to self-love, the amount of random, amazing miracles that would occur in my life were magical.
0: Yeah.
1: But it only happens when you take that first step all by yourself.
0: And it's scary. It, it is scary and it's, it's uncomfortable and you start seeing patterns across relationships that it's like, oh my goodness, this is the same person, different scenario, but it's the same. I'm doing the same thing. I'm having the same response. that That's a huge, huge thing to face, but you're, you're also bringing up some really important, you have to get to that place where you just don't want to do it the same way anymore. And I, of, I often wonder, is that on the life contract, okay, you're going to do it this way. You're going to accept this. You're not going to have boundaries, but really to get the gold star in this lifetime and pass this test, you're going to have to put this into place where you find you in the mix and say, wow, I'm going to just love the shit out of her and see how that turns out for a change.
1: What if you say that and you don't feel it? Do you believe in faking it till you make it? Because I do. I think that can
0: work. I do. And I think that it can, t- it well, maybe this is, for some of us, it might be three steps forward and two steps back for the entire time we're on the planet. Yes. And that's okay. And That's okay. That is really okay. Because we're, I think sometimes when you don't feel like you have anyone that has your back or to support you or whatever, that's maybe the best time to say, I think I'm going to start taking care of myself.
1: Well, and I think sometimes if you're in those moments of, oh, it's time for a clean out, you can realize you've always been taking care of yourself. <laughs> Maybe not yeah. in the way, you know, you you wanted to or the best possible way. But that's why I think those little, uh, what do they call them at work? Like, prod, like reviews, work reviews, whatever. Yeah. We need yeah. to do that with our own personal life and like have a little meeting with ourselves, you know, a six month review or what have you so that you can look back because when i when i reflect on different chapters of my life i'm thinking about your question of you know is this all part of the life plan i do think it, all of it is part of our life plan and when you when you look back in in that rearview mirror you can see how all of those challenges and difficult times were so instrumental and helpful to you you know there's that there's a beautiful legend story about a guy and he's walking and he, and he finds a caterpillar trying to get out of a cocoon. And the and the poor little caterpillar butterfly is really really struggling. And the guy feels bad watching this, so he takes out his little pocket knife and he cuts the cocoon open. Well, the butterfly is free, but it can never fly for the rest of its life because it needed that struggle of pushing itself out of the cocoon alone in order to push the fluid into the new wings. And without that tight, conspiring struggle, it never could fly again. So the man thought he was doing a nice thing, but he he really wasn't. And it just reminds me that we need
0: struggle in life sometimes. It's what gives us our wings to fly free. And and I I say this to a lot of people and I mean it from my heart. Just be you. Just be you. And there's going to be someone out there that's, I really do think that there's someone out there that is going to resonate with your energy that's going to say, oh my God, you get me. I can just be myself with you. Those are really, really good signs. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It'll, it'll,
1: it'll definitely happen once. But again, I think you have to do the inner work first before that person can, can find you and even see you.
0: Right. Right. You know? And this, if this can be. I think we can find that safe person. We can start with ourselves. We can just try to implement some of these little things into our lo- into our present relationships and see if it makes a difference. If you have a question of, "Wow, well, am I putting out something that's a little more conditional? What are some ways that I could really support my my friend, my partner, my child in a way that is more unconditional, but also you?" It really does come down to choice and free will. Everything comes down to choice and free will, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: it does. But we're, we're
0: wishing love for people because love is a beautiful are. thing.
1: We are. I've, I've said so many times, if I were given one wish for the world, it would be that everybody loved themselves unconditionally. Because mm-hmm. if that happened, there would be no war. There would no there would be no greed. There'd be no famine because people would share and everyone would be happy and there, there'd be none of the nonsense you see in the news if everyone truly loved themselves unconditionally and felt worthy as they as they are. And that's that's our Valentine wish for everyone.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Is to love yourself, to love the people fiercely that you care about. Yeah. And to just be gentle,
1: be gentle with yourself. Be gentle and kind to yourself. And that will then echo out into all your interactions and relationships. But it it starts within. It does. Love is not a transaction, it is given freely or not at all.
0: Yes. So, on that happy note,
1: (laughs) (laughs) we wish you all a beautiful week. And we hope you take time to really think and go within and and reflect on how beautiful you are and how loving you are and how worthy you are of receiving the same amount of love that you are always putting out into the world. Just show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com,
0: or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra,
1: just perfection and a straw